You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show Wednesday edition. We've got some questions from the listeners out there at the Peacock at Williamson NFL is where you can get those questions into us any old time. We've got some news around the NFL, some unfortunate COVID news that, uh, you know, sort of starts to sneak in here. And as the weather gets colder, we start to see more of that happening. Uh, We've got that news as it pertains to some fines with the Packers and now the Minnesota Vikings dealing with uh, a ton of close contacts. And um, that's a a situation to monitor. Wyatt Teller getting re-upped and a guest on today's program. We're going to talk Packers, maybe a little Odell, maybe some breaking news during today's show. Who knows? As it pertains to the Packers and Odell Beckham and everything going on with the Green Bay Packers, we'll have Peter Bukowski of Locked On Packers joining us a little bit later on. And thanks, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen every day right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. McDonald's, I'm loving it. Plenty of storylines today, Matt, but I want to start with this one and give uh, a big man his due. Wyatt Teller, one of the good... uh, Young offensive lineman around the league, 26 years old, getting re-upped by the Cleveland Browns. The numbers I'm seeing, um, solid for an interior offensive lineman. Four years, $56.8 million. And um, I like giving props to offensive linemen around the league. We don't talk a lot of offensive line. We talk a lot of fantasy stuff and quarterbacks when it comes to breaking down these games. And uh, sometimes you got to give some love to the big men and the Browns showing him love to the tune of $56.8 million. Yeah, I definitely wanted to talk about this one for a minute or two in that he was a fifth-round pick of the Bills. They more or less gave up on him. I mean, they traded him away for nothing to the Browns, and no one batted an eye when it happened. You know, a guard got traded to the Browns, big deal. And then before you know it, this guy's starting at guard, and then before you know it, he's mashing people in the run game. I mean, he's an old-school, big, physical, perfect-for-the-Browns-type guard. And now he's getting paid. And the reason I wanted to bring it up in addition to those things is I've often talked about that the Browns offense has the biggest piece of the salary cap pie dedicated to their offense in the whole league. And they're not paying Baker Mayfield yet. I mean, it would be understandable if you had a Mahomes contract or Rodgers, you know, oh, no wonder they're paying. So much of their cap is on offense. Well, if you think about all the Browns starters, Really, with the exception of Teller before yesterday, they're all making like $10 million. You know, Hooper, and they're paying two running backs, and the whole offensive line, now the entire offensive line. And Odell's gone. Um, is Landry around for the long haul? They don't have a lot tied in a wide receiver anymore. But I just find it interesting, and I'm sure they can make it work if they want. But when the extension for Baker comes, who's going to have to go and how are they going to allocate their money? I just want people to be aware. That's going to get very difficult once yeah. they pay Baker and with the other players they are paying. And we're talking about wide receiver. Who's the next wide receiver there? It's not going to be a free agent if that's the case, you know. Um, and, and things are going to get very tight in a lot of different places. And um, it, it, that's why certain position groups don't get paid a lot because you can't pay everybody. Usually interior offensive lineman is one of those, right? Gosh, I don't know if we can pay that, but it kind of is what makes this thing go in Cleveland right now. 
And to be honest with you, I haven't disagreed with any of the moves they made. The only time it'll hurt is if they pay Baker Mayfield too much and he doesn't produce. So that's where things get dicey, and it's definitely something to follow. So I'm glad you brought that up as it pertains to paying a guard because it's all interwoven. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm not cutting on Mayfield. He's he's fine, you know, but it also kind of tells you what they think of their quarterback if they're going to spend so much money around him. You know, I mean, uh, people, one of my favorite things to do is look at the how teams spend their money and their draft picks, their resources. It tells you what they think of their quarterbacks and their team as a whole. That trade, by the way, was an odd one by the Bills. So it was, he was drafted in the fifth round. Then he was traded to the Browns for, um, with a 2021. So a future seventh round pick with Teller going to Cleveland and the Bills got their fifth round back and a sixth round pick back. So they mm. got enough back for what they spent on him when they drafted him. And it just must have been a situation where they didn't see, obviously, how good he was going to be. And maybe thought, ah, oh, gosh, he's on the roster bubble. Let's just get that pick back that we spent on him, even though we like him. We'll send him somebody else, somewhere else, and, and you know there was, and we'll be able to give those roster spots away to other players. And maybe we didn't think he was going to earn a starting job, and and we can get some picks back. But um, obviously, for what they gave up, it doesn't look like a bad trade for the Bills. But what Teller became, it turns out to look like a really bad deal for the Bills. Now that you mentioned that, do you remember? probably two off seasons ago and that's when Teller got traded it was the year he got traded the Bills went out in free agency and bought like eight to ten offensive linemen <laughs> you know, there was just a flood of offensive linemen none of them were huge names Mitch Morse was the biggest name of them all and I assume they just looked at Teller and be like we don't got a spot for you anymore it was yeah that was uh, 2019 he got traded right I think it was during training camp. Let's see, what was the Makes date sense. on this? Yeah. August 29th, 2019. So it was, yeah, there was already, they knew what the roster crunch was going to be because you're getting uh, into preseason games and stuff at that point. Right. Makes perfect and sense. the season's about to start. So you're you're trying to get draft picks instead of tra- just cutting guys for nothing. Right, right. Just give me whatever I can get for him because he's not going to make the team, but he's good and he can help you. So that's where you uh, the diminishing returns on adding too many players to one position group because you can't keep everybody, and the ones you just spent free agent dollars on are the ones you're probably going to hold on to because you're going to lose you know salary cap yeah, dead money if you bonus. get rid of those guys. Right, right, right. And so that adult all adds up, and the Browns benefited, and now Teller's benefited. All right. I, I love geeking out on roster building and that stuff, but I think we've got to move on to some other issues here, uh, and namely... We're going to talk about this with Peter Bukowski. But I want to lay this out there from Tom Pelissero talking about some of the infractions due to COVID violations for the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers. So uh, Rodgers and wide receiver Alan Lazard were both fined. And look, these aren't big fines, but they're warning shots from the league to let them know, you know, hey, this could come to other teams. This could come even with bigger fines for you guys if you keep screwing around here. So uh, according to Tom Pelissero of NFL.com, not only were Aaron Rodgers and Alan Lazard fined $14,650, I don't know how they got that number, each for the Halloween party. There was a Halloween party for the team, and they were not properly distanced and masked and all those things. Uh, The party played into the team's $300,000 fine. So the Packers got fined $300,000, drop in the bucket, and each Rodgers and Lazard got fined $14,000 more for Lazard than it is for Aaron Rodgers, right? Um, 
it wasn't a team function that Halloween party, but the team knew about it, didn't find them or report the violations. So that's where the team went wrong there, even though it wasn't a team party necessarily. And it's also a message to other clubs. So the NFL found no widespread compliance issues, but a few lapses, namely Rogers maskless pressers and the Halloween party got the Packers dinged and the team was made aware future violations could result in escalated discipline, including lowered or lost draft picks. So that's the next one. So this is mostly a warning shot, not as much about the money that was actually fined here. That, that's the way I took it, too, was originally I read it and I'm like, boy, that's like nothing. I mean, it's very small numbers by NFL fine standards, not by me and you and our listeners. I mean, 14 grand would not feel good to my wallet, you right. know. Uh, but the more I thought about it, I think the key is what you mentioned. This is your warning. If you do it, you now have one strike. The second strike is going to be a lot worse and it could be draft picks and things like that. And if, if Rodgers, this whole thing with Rodgers didn't come out and it wasn't so obvious, maybe the league wouldn't have noticed or wouldn't have cared that much, uh, wouldn't have they even slapped him on the wrist. But at some point, they have to act serious about it and say, okay, look, teams, let's let's get this straight. Let's make sure that things don't happen like what is happening now with the Minnesota Vikings, according to Ben Gosling of the uh, Minnesota Star Tribune. Mike Zimmer said that the Vikings had vaccinated player go to the ER last night because of COVID. That player is now stable, but still in the hospital. So that's scary. Uh, And Zimmer said 29 people are in close contact protocol now, including himself due to that situation. So uh, this Mm. is a scary, I mean, that's, you know, that's where you start canceling games when you get 29 people that are in COVID protocol and you can't even field a football team. So the Vikings are in a place right now where they got to nip this in the bud and make sure everyone's testing negative and everyone is, um, you know, doing the right thing in the protocol because obviously these teams are in close quarters and we've seen when things do start to hit, it hits one position group because these guys are in the rooms together and uh, in meeting rooms and things like that and obviously you're in closer contact maybe than they even are with the rest of the football team. So this is worrisome because that means it's multiple rooms and they didn't say what 29 people but if it includes Zimmer we're talking coaching we're talking players at different positions so it starts to get a little bit worrisome there for the Minnesota Vikings when you start talking about this widespread uh, close contact with COVID yeah that sounds potentially a huge problem um I, I don't know if you saw this and uh, you know we're not to harp on it but uh, Dalvin Cook is going through some legal things with domestic abuse, he's the victim. I mean, everyone just assumes the opposite. And I think some some sort of um, money situation or you know, stealing from him in some way. But I'm just bringing that up because that's a lot of distractions in a week for a football team that's kind of average and struggling as it is. And it's been kind of an odd year for them. And as you were kind of reading that report about the COVID stuff, isn't Kirk Cousins like publicly not vaccinated? Like, isn't he, hasn't he come out and pretty much been against it? I feel like he did, but I don't know yeah. if he ended up getting vaccinated. That was sort of a summer story, and and you're right, and I'd kind of forgotten about it. And you know, there's some. Te- I think most teams have got a pretty high number of vaccination rates, and some teams say they were 100 percent as far as their players go. Um, but I know there are some teams that aren't 100 percent. So yeah, then it starts to get. Um, in a situation where if he's one of those and he tests positive and you're not vaccinated, we saw it with Rodgers last week, that's 10 days. And 10 days now, super late in the week, would be two games, not just one. Absolutely, right. I mean, so 
I mean, it just made me think of the prominent players and the distraction and all the things this team's going through already. It's like, oh boy, you know, I mean, injuries and COVID and all these things are adding up and um, the Vikings can't afford it. Not that many teams could. And we'll, we'll cover a little bit of that story as well that is developing with Dalvin Cook. And there was a statement from his attorney and we'll relay some information, more information from Tom Pelissero on that situation next. Your questions and then we'll chat with Peter Bukowski about those Green Bay Packers coming up. There's an incredible app that everyone who buys gas needs to know about. It's called Get Upside. Listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus $0.25 per gallon on your first fill-up. So that's $0.50 cash back on your first fill-up. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. GetUpside has a deal with certain gas stations and grocery stores, and they get more business from those of you that use the GetUpside app, and you get cash back when you shop or get gas at those businesses. It's a win-win. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card. Super easy. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get that bonus of up to $0.50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. That's code TOUCHDOWN on the Get Upside app. I hate this Dalvin Cook situation because either way, it's bad. And he's trying to maintain his innocence throughout this or at least say that it was his ex, I think it was girlfriend, ex-girlfriend, right? Um that she's alleging that Cook assaulted her. He's trying to argue that it was her fault all along. Uh, like I, You got to reserve judgment on it and just let this one play out. But it, it's a bad situation, especially what we've seen with some other players so far this year and multiple players in past in the history of the NFL. Um, this is the statement from Dalvin Cook's attorney. I'm not going to read the whole statement, but basically he says this all, this all happened about last year, the evening of November 19th, 2020. U.S. Military Sergeant First Class Gracelyn Trimble broke into the home of Dalvin Cook and assaulted him and his two house guests. Sergeant Trimble and her attorneys are now attempting to extort him for millions of dollars. While Mr. Cook and Sergeant Trimble had a short-term relationship over several months, she became emotionally abusive, physically aggressive, and confrontational and repeatedly attempted to provoke Mr. Cook. Uh, He goes on, so basically... That's his attorney, and they're talking about the unlawful conduct of Sergeant Trimble, who is the accuser of Dalvin Cook in this situation. There's photos of her. that her face is busted up, and I hate seeing those photos. Like, uh, you got to take her allegations seriously, and then you've got to realize that Dalvin Cook has an opportunity to defend himself. So I don't know what to think. I don't know which side is correct in all of this. I just hate the whole situation, and it's ugly, and it's something that's going to hang over the head of Dalvin Cook and the Vikings for a while. Now they got this COVID situation. So definitely not good for, what, a three-and-five football team right now. Right, again, another distraction. Um, that all sounds terrible. I mean, I didn't realize there was photos and all that stuff, too. But excuse me, I have to make a small joke here. I mean, Sergeant Tremble. I mean, she sounds like a WWE badass you know, like i would not mess with sergeant tremble right and of course they're they're 
phrasing it that way on purpose the attorneys of right, Dalvin right. Cook and it's just like yeah okay they keep they don't even talk talk about her as her first name it's Sergeant Trimble and maybe to make her sound more she sounds menacing physically to me. menacing I right exactly yeah Trimble. right right those lawyers make a lot of money for a reason man pretty smart yeah uh, it's the reason I couldn't get into law school. I didn't try to get into law school. That is not my. That would not be a good profession for me. But uh, that's why a lot of people pay a lot of money to go to law school and pay a lot of money for lawyers. Just the I way have they criminal would. friends that I guess I could hit up for clientele though. <laughs> some shady characters. There's a lot of lawyers making a lot of money as it is related to the NFL. That's for sure. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, but Sergeant Tremble. That's ooh. It does sound like a WWE character. Right, she would beat my butt. All right, let's get to this Peacock and Williamson mailbag here. All right. GoPats says, guys, old football today was known for its sound drops used throughout the show, cup of mud, etc. Are these property of the four-letter network? All I've heard is the breaking news sounder, and that's it. Can we beep up the show with more drops? Uh, Wow. (laughs) I guess this is more for you because... Frankly, not my department was not my department with football today. That was Jay Soderbergh and then taken over by producers from that point on. I imagine they're not ESPN property. I urge this person to send Pod Vader a a tweet as well. Maybe he has the old audio files. He created all those things. You know, we did an upset special. We had a big long cup of mud and an upset special. So, I'm sure some of you old folks remember that. It's been a while, but it uh, brings back good memories. Yeah, and I do have the ability to uh, to drop some sound on this podcast. Have you heard occasionally? We got the, the beer can. We've got uh, the breaking yeah. news. But I haven't used a ton of sounders when it comes to this show. So as things pop up, we can we, we got to I don't want to steal any of the old sounds from your old show. This is a new show with a new soundboard. So right, uh, if we right, ever right. have any drops or any sounds and stuff that we like and think is funny or whatever, we can we can always drop those in whenever. And I can I can produce those sounders up. But uh, it's, it's always fun. I, I love playing with audio. I've done it my whole life. That's why I, I do what I do. And so I have no problem trying to throw sounds in on, on this podcast. I like it. I like it. So we are capable. We are very capable. Feels great, baby. I mean, I've got some at my <laughs> at my disposal right now. A lot of them are 49ers related. But That's all right. Yeah. I can't guarantee that anybody in the world will be alive Sunday. <laughs> so, yeah, that's... Uh, there you go. That's, uh, that's just a couple of sounders that I have keyed up for my 49ers shows. But, uh, yeah, Matt, listeners, if there's any fun stuff, any fun sound, I love playing with audio, so bring it on. Actually, I meant to ask... Daniel Dopp and Soderbergh this for years and never have. You guys are so quick to hit it, you know, like as soon as we'd say something. Is there just like a huge board in front of you and one button's purple and that's the cup of mud one? Yep. And one, yes. you know, there's a different... So uh, I have a very small version of what a, you know, professional radio WTN studio would have yeah. and i used to produce radio shows at, you know, it's a big stations and so um i have a small like home podcast version of that that mixer and it's got some sounder buttons yeah and so you can kind of filter through and you've got the different colors of the different buttons and you can uh, pop them in there and i don't have the the library that uh you would have at that old network you used to do that podcast with but i do have an opportunity to do pretty much whatever i need at this level so yeah um 
We'll as as far as podcast setups go, we're pretty advanced over here, Matt. Uh, got that right. I mean, <laughs> you weren't brought on board for your good looks. That, that's true. I mean, that will definitely help us if we ever go uh, to video. But we, uh, yeah, I'm here for my audio prowess. All right, what what else we got on tap here? Oh, gosh. We got a guest coming up here momentarily. We do have a too. guest coming up in a few minutes. Who are your offensive rookie of the years, defensive rookie of the years, if it was decided today? Okay. Uh, I, I favorited this one because I wanted to have a quick discussion about it. Offensive line, we're just taking them out of the mix, although there's some good ones because they're never going to win it, but so be it. Um, I think Kyle Pitts is your leader in the clubhouse by far at tight end. I'd have to say Jamar Chase is your wide receiver. Najee Harris has to be the running back. Mm -hmm. And I think all of those guys have a case. But I think if it was right now, it would have to be Mac Jones. I think Jamar Chase would win over Mac Jones. He's had a rough couple weeks, though. But I think you nailed Chase. I think I just think Mac Jones hasn't done enough. There hasn't been enough wow plays. It's not the first thing that pops into people's minds. Um and I think Jamar Chase has done enough to be in the conversation of best receivers in the league. Oh, yeah. And Mac Jones I hasn't agree. done that at quarterback, which is, I think, where it would skew because he's been fine as it compares, and he is a quarterback, but Chase more impressive as a whole versus what he does at his position versus what Mac Jones has done. He's been fine, but he hasn't been as explosive and as exciting as Jamar Chase. So I think it would be Jamar Chase. And then on the defensive side of the ball, I think Micah Parsons would run away with it, right? I think so. I mean, there's been a couple other good ones, but I think Parsons is far and away the leader in the clubhouse. Real quick on the offensive side, I just want to throw Justin Fields out there. I think he's gaining some steam. Mm-hmm. I don't want to totally forget about Lawrence. If he puts 17 games together, we might look back and be like, that was a pretty darn good year. And if Harris plays 17 games for the Steelers, he's going to get 9 million touches. And then when it's all said and done, he might end up with – 1,500 yards or something. Right, you know? yeah. I think we nailed all of them. And I think a couple offensive linemen like Rashawn Slater and Creed Humphrey. Oh, yeah. Creed Humphrey's actually playing really well for the Kansas City Chiefs, too, right now. And uh, yeah. PFF is a fan of his. So, uh, uh, Jeremiah Usu-Koromoa, he's on IR now. But, I mean, yeah, he was dynamic for a few weeks there. Uh, but uh, Mark, Micah Parsons stayed on the field and obviously, you know, was that first-round pick. And so, uh, he's probably going to go to one of those first-round guys. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned Slater. Kind of reminds me of Worfs from a year ago as enters the league. And frankly, he's one of the best tackles in the league already, you know, Mm -hmm. but he's never going to win the award. Yeah, just rock solid from the start. Yeah. Jamar Chase, Micah Parsons. I think that would be the votes as of today. But you're right. Like, don't sleep on. And like, Kyle Pitts could turn it on and become that guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I've liked what Aziz Ojalari. He's got a few sacks. Not bad. I think he leads all rookies in sacks currently. Um, but Justin Fields, if he continues on the path he's continuing on, keeps developing every week, I think he could overtake Mac Jones and maybe overtake everybody and win that award. Yeah, because he will have the wild plays. I mean, there's no question right. about that. Mm-hmm. He's been very impressive the last two weeks. All right, let's move along. We've got to get to Peter Bukowski. I want to make sure we have enough time to chat with him and everything going on in Packer land next. If you haven't tried Build Bars yet, I don't know what you're doing. You are missing out. They say it's a protein bar, but it's not taste like one. You have to try one of these amazing bars for yourself to believe it. Most protein bars can be chalky, waxy, just plain hard to choke down. Built Bar is soft, covered in 100% real chocolate. And when you bite into it, you know you're eating something different. It's more of an experience 
and one that you will enjoy. In fact, you'd swear you're actually eating a candy bar and not a healthy protein bar. Built Bars are low in carbs, low in calories, low in fat, low in sugar, and high in protein, so you stay satisfied, and they are healthy with benefits on top of just being purely delicious with so many flavors. They've got a mystery flavor, by the way, this month at Built.com. One of my favorite new flavors, Blueberry Muffin. So go to Built.com, get a mixed box. If you don't know which flavor to try, you will not be disappointed. And you can get 15% off at Built.com using promo code LOCKED15. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Joining us now is Peter Bukowski, a good friend right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. You can find him every day. He's doing Locked On Packers, doing Locked On Today. He is a very busy man. So, Peter, appreciate you giving us a little bit of time here. And I know uh, it's the it, the Packers is a team right now where there is no dull moment. I'm waiting to find out what next week's storyline is going to be. But this week's storyline is, you know, Aaron Rodgers stuff overlapping into now Odell Beckham stuff. And apparently there's five or six teams that are involved here. Packers, one of them. Peter, is Odell Beckham going to be a Green Bay Packer? Well, uh, if if you ask me five minutes from now, I may have a different answer than you than I give you right now. And that's that's sort of what we have come to expect from the Packers this season. The flux is the only constant. The change (laughs) is the only thing we can rely on. And it has been a lot of chaos. Now, amid all of that, you've got a 7-2 and two team that probably should have beaten the Kansas City Chiefs, even with Jordan Love under center. So this is a very good football team. The question with Odell Beckham is the same for the Packers as it is for Kansas City, as it is for New Orleans, is, is your player and locker room culture strong enough to bring in a personality like Odell? And I still think physically he is someone who can who can help you win football games offensively. Someone whose on-field football skills would match up with what Green Bay could use. He has not been an impact number one receiver, what, in five years? But if he is opposite Devontae Adams and making it harder for teams to play co- cloud coverages and roll safeties his way because either he is in that RPO receiver screen game and trying to make plays after the catch or... They're allowing him to take the top off of the defense as, you know, the the new shiny Marquez Valdez Scantling version of this offense. You put Odell Beckham in that spot um, and, and and have him running those those deep overs and, and deep posts and go routes. You know, that I think that changes the, the dynamic of this offense. It is worth noting, too, guys, of the teams, Diana Rossini from ESPN reported um, that there are three finalists. And by essentially every report, there have been three teams who have shown the most interest. It's the Packers, it's the Chiefs, and it's the Saints. Well, if you're the Saints, you are trying to make up for the fact that your quarterback is Trevor Simeon and or Taysom Hill. If you're the Chiefs, you are grasping at straws, trying to find something to get your season back on track, um, to, to maybe try and, you know, get Patrick Mahomes back on track. If you're the Packers, you're trying to take a roster that was already Super Bowl quality and and elevate it to potentially favorite status. I mean, I I, I think that would probably happen if they got Odell Beckham, whether that's fair or not. I just think the, the betting markets would go, oh, OK, you know, this is this is how this is going to work. Um, they were already second or third, depending on where you looked. It's it's Tampa. It's um 
it's the Rams and it's the Packers. The, the, the betting markets have not been as bullish on the Cardinals really all season. So I think, I think that would be a reasonable assumption to make that they would at least get in that, that conversation with those top teams. So I, I think from that standpoint, it makes a lot of sense for the Packers. Will it happen? We'll see. As, as of this recording, they're the only team that has reportedly made an offer to Odell Beckham, albeit for the vet minimum. So it sounds like, quickly, just to paraphrase, if it was up to you, league minimum, maybe a little more, you would put your stamp of approval on it. Yeah, I would. And and they have the most money of those top three teams that I mentioned uh, on the cap. You you have to you have to in the, in this circumstance with maybe the last time you're going to have Aaron Rodgers, the last time you're going to make a Super Bowl run with Aaron Rodgers, push the chips in and hope that OBJ is going to ball out for six, eight, ten weeks, or however many more weeks uh, the, the the Packers are playing, and that you can you can give yourself a chance to win the Super Bowl and figure it out later because you you're not giving him a long term deal. It's the minimum or a little bit more. And, you know, the offset language, if, if someone was going to pay him more than the offset, they would have claimed it. So it's not like he's going to get a bunch of money. The options here are go win a Super Bowl in Green Bay, try and revamp and, and recoup some of your value with uh, Kansas City or go be the number one receiver for an offense that probably still isn't going to be very good in your hometown. I mean, that that there's some allure there sure. um, and being the number one guy probably has some allure, too, but. Yeah, if I'm Green Bay, I'm making this move, and it sounds like Green Bay wants to make it. And for the type of player that maybe Odell could be, even though he hasn't been necessarily that for a while now, maybe even a nice welcome distraction for the Packers with what's going on with Aaron Rodgers and now some fines because of COVID protocol that was broken by the team and appearance number two apparently on the Pat McAfee show and I the, the appearance number one didn't go well. Uh, I'm sure the Packers don't want him going back on that. Show where are we out there in Rodgers? What is the overall vibe with him? Are, are fans sort of jumping off ship with everything that's going on in the offseason and now this stuff and now being unavailable in a really important game for seeding? I mean, that could have been the difference in a playoff buy and not for the Packers. It could have. And, you know, it's, it is a game that after you watched it, you go, if Aaron Rodgers plays in that game, the Packers win by two touchdowns. I mean, that that, that was how bad the Chiefs have played. Um, and that was how good the Packers defense looked. So you're right. Um, luckily, it's an AFC opponent. Aaron Rodgers is not, you know, he he did not make a lot of friends in Green Bay with the way that he handled his offseason. There were plenty of people, um, uh, you know, on Twitter and talk radio and and out there in Cheesehead Nation who were like, look, if he doesn't want to be here, if he does not going to be all in, then we're ready for Jordan Love. Now, maybe Sunday is a little bit of, bit of be careful what you wish for. But at the same time, I, I think a similar thing has happened with the, the, the COVID protocols and, and the, the vaccination status and all that stuff. And some of it is going to be a confirmation of priors and sports um, is the ultimate Rorschach test in that way. Um, we always see what we want to see. But, you know, this is a guy who a couple weeks ago, he's, he's throwing I own news on, you know, the Bears <laughs> fans. And there is nothing that is going to endear you faster. I mean, I saw it from, from people uh, on Twitter like, I was out on this guy and the I own you is I'm all the way back in. I know I was mad at him, but like, I'm back, let's go. And then to have something like this, it's just sort of like, okay, this is the roller coaster that you're riding with Aaron Rodgers. And I thought Mike Sando had a great piece in, in the athletic where he pulled, you know, I, I think it was four or five different 
front office people, and they all had different answers for how they thought this was going to affect Aaron Rodgers, both in Green Bay and around the league in terms of his perception there. Um, so I don't know that anyone, you know, if anyone tells you they know what what this means for Rodgers long term, they are lying. Peter, my, my quick take on Jordan Love, and I just wanted to see if you agree with me. First off, I agree. I mean, with Rodgers, or frankly, with average quarterback play, they win that game and probably win it big. With Rodgers, they might blow them out. Um, I wasn't the biggest Love fan in the world coming out, but I also think people are being way too hard on him. I mean, Steve Spagnuolo is a really difficult coordinator to deal with in that building, which is a really difficult place to play blitz, pass rush, all those things were out of his hands. And of course, Rodgers would have handled them better. But I do think he got more comfortable as the game went on, a little better later in the game than he did at the beginning. Still, his ball placement and accuracy is my number one concern, though. Yeah, I think that's that's totally fair. And, and you know, he said after the game, I didn't, I didn't play well enough. Uh, Matt LaFleur took a lot of the responsibility post-game and, and, and even after re-watching it, he said, look, we didn't have a good plan for, for their zero pressure. And, yeah, right. and they brought pressure 51% of dropbacks. I mean, if Aaron Rodgers is in the game, you're just not doing that because you trust him to dice you up, to know where your hots are, to get in and out of the right plays pre-snap. What I think, you know, you, you heard from, from Coach LaFleur, he said, um, what I really liked about Jordan Love was he never got rattled. He didn't press. It didn't speed his tempo up. He didn't get happy feet in the pocket because of the pressure. He just kept playing. And we saw the touchdown drive at the end. Um, you know, Trent Dilfer echoed that. He was like, look, what is he, what is he supposed to do? Um, there was a, a great piece JT O'Sullivan did on YouTube and broke it all down. All the, uh, you know, the 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 big plays and the, and the sacks and the pressures. And was just like, there are a lot of times when they have the right protection calls and the offensive line is just blowing these. Yeah. And guys are running free. He had... Um, by Packers wire count 14 unblocked uh, pressures. And that's just like you're you're you have no chance as a quarterback if if on 14 dropbacks you've got a free rusher and and some protections they're asking the quarterback you've got to handle the free rusher. We know we can't block this many, but there were times when they had they could have blocked it up and didn't. So I, I think I would like to see Jordan Love you know, in another opportunity this year, that would be awesome before the Packers have to make a decision. I'm sure the Packers would like that. If you have, let's say you're locked into the two or the three in week 18 and you could play Jordan Love, I think that would be great. There's a non-zero chance Jordan Love has to play this week because Rodgers can't be cleared until Saturday and still has to pass, you know, cardio tests. He hasn't played football and he hasn't done really anything in, in, you know, it's going to be, going on three weeks because he hadn't played since the Thursday before. So, I mean, that's a, that's a tall order. And, and there was a column in the Milwaukee journal that saying, Hey, protect Rogers long-term health. You don't want him out there huffing and puffing. And, you know, Jason Tatum needs an inhaler to finish games after he gets COVID for the Celtics. Like d- don't do this. Put Jordan love out there. It's, I, it's not a terrible idea. In my opinion, assuming Aaron Rodgers is playing and everything's going well there, whether or not Odell Beckham is a Packer or not. I still have questions about the Packers defense. Are they going to get some reinforcements with some injured players? And, and how does that outlook the rest of the year? Because I think that's really key to the Packers getting as far as possible and getting past that in, NFC championship game. 
Yeah, no doubt. Um, the fact that they have gotten to where they have without Zadarius Smith, I think is pretty remarkable that they've done it without Jair Alexander, who's one of the you know, three best corners in the league without their best pass rusher. Kenny Clark has been in and out of the lineup. Eric Stokes did not start week one. He gets in the lineup and then he misses this Chiefs game. Um, I don't know that it would have made a big difference in the Chiefs game because Kevin King played really well. Um, he is he is often the the uh, object of of scorn for Packers fans, but he has played well when healthy this season. Russell Douglas has come in and played really well, and it's the linebackers that are really the difference this year. Devontae Campbell is playing at a Pro Bowl level. He's been really good. Chris Barnes is playing really well, um, or at least played really well against the Chiefs. They're playing fast. And I think, you know, Joe Barry was not a popular hire when he was made. I think every Packer fan wanted uh, Jim Leonard, the the Wisconsin defensive coordinator. He was Matt LaFleur's top choice. And Leonard ultimately decided to stay at the University of Wisconsin. Joe Barry was seen as the afterthought, the the consolation non-prize, because he wasn't even really prized by his own defensive coordinator, his own head coach. Um, Sean McVay could have elevated Joe Barry to be the DC. He didn't. Brandon Staley could have taken Joe Barry with him to um, the Chargers to be his DC. He didn't. Um, And yet this team has not given up big plays all season. They've been in the top five all year in, in not allowing big plays. The red zone defense had been a problem, but over the last month, they're playing much better, much more sound. And they should get Zedarius Smith back this season. He is back in Green Bay after um, some sort of back procedure. He is back with the team, Jair Alexander. The expectation is he can be back this season. And if you get those guys back, I mean, they're already in the upper half by DVOA. You look at the the raw numbers, yardage, their top 10 yardage defense, a top 10 scoring defense. Um, uh, I think they're 14th in EPA and 12th in dropback EPA. So um, this is a defense trending in the right direction. And, and Sunday was their best performance. That is Peter Bukowski. Find him on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Never a dull moment with these 2021 Packers. And uh, I think we're going to have some fun talking about this team all the way through January. And, you know, hopefully, Peter, as a prize for you, you get to talk about him in February as well. Thanks for jumping on with us. That'd be great. Thanks, guys. Check out Peter at Locked On Packers every day, as well as Locked On Today right here on the network. Thanks for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen. Be back tomorrow. Let's start breaking down week 10.